Welcome. Welcome back to the podcast. This is, um, let's see, this is what, November the 8th, 2023. And this is episode 49 of This Week in Fake Ball, your favorite RBA podcast and mine in large part because it's the only regularly scheduled RBA podcast out there. So I've got no competition, like it or not. Anyway, I'm your host, Jeff Hobbs, manager, CEO, all the rest of the Arizona Greenbacks. And uh, the, let's see, this weekend, Fake Ball is your eh, 25-minute-ish slice of uh, news and views and for the past few years, history lesson, really, of the, uh, of the Richardson Baseball Association. And it's free, as I've often said, of the malign influence of J.R. Richardson himself the commissioner that nobody wants, and the commissioner with whom we are stuck. Anyway, um, so this is going to be a little bit of a different episode from the ones that we've done recently. I've decided to postpone for at least this month, maybe next month as well, we'll see, the history lesson that I've been engaged in uh, since, uh, I guess, probably the early part of 2020. I think I started this whole, I think I started this whole experiment, uh, maybe in the second or third episode, I don't remember, of This Week in Fakeball, where I started in 2001 and have slowly progressed through the seasons um, up to the current point where, uh, where we're about to talk about 2022, but that will be that will be next month or the month after. So again, a slightly different podcast from the ones we've done before, but I think it's going to be fun. I'm going to begin... Uh, by talking a little bit more about the recently completed RBA 2023 regular season. So uh, last time I talked a little bit about some of the individual player performances, the really notable ones. Um, Aaron Nola having an incredible season, a record of I think 24 and three, uh, ERA of 199 or something like that, just under two. And Justin Verlander somehow overshadowing him with an ERA of 1.4, 1.5. And of course, Aaron Judge hitting, I believe, 73 home runs and putting up an OPS of something like 1250, which is a number that's just hard to even conceive of, really. But anyway, one of the greatest seasons in RBA history, uh, Aaron Judge 2023. Uh, Not that surprising, but still, I mean, he was able to outperform his MLB 2022 numbers in RBA 2023. And so that's, <laughs> that's going to, that's going to, uh, to be one of the greatest seasons of all time. Anyway, today's little segment on the just completed 2023 RBA season has more to do with the teams in the league than individual players. And so I thought I'd shine the spotlight on two teams from this RBA season. One bad one, a really bad one, and one really good one. So let's, uh, I suppose, start with the really bad one. I think you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Dunedin. Whew, you you did not want to be downwind of this team. Uh, that, st- that stench is not going away anytime soon. But here's a fun fact about Dunedin, actually a couple of fun facts about them. As bad as this team was, Recall, it finished the season with a record of 42 wins, 120 losses, I believe. I don't think there were any rainouts. 42 wins, 
one of the worst seasons, I believe third worst in RBA history by winning percentage. This team did not finish with the worst offense uh, in, R in the RBA this year. Dunedin actually outscored two teams. They were only third worst. In fact, one of the two teams they outscored were your Arizona Greenbacks. Uh, but here was the problem for 2023 Dunedin. They allowed 1,000—I'm uh, going to try to say this without—I'm uh, going to—anyway. Uh, they allowed 1,086 runs. Now, we play a 162-game season. It is very hard to allow 1,000-plus runs in a season, and they almost got to 1,100. Here's what I did. This was by far the most in the league, uh, by far the most runs allowed in 2023. So here's what I decided to do out of curiosity. I went back and looked at the entire modern era. The modern era, for anybody who doesn't know, actually just completed its 10th season, so a nice round 10 years of 162 games per team and uh and the games all being played on APBA baseball. We made that transition to APBA baseball at the same time that we made the transition from 81 games uh per season per team uh to 162. So this all occurred at the beginning of 2014. So from 2014 to 2023, that decade I looked at every team's runs scored and runs allowed, and I was looking for, for any other teams maybe that allowed uh, quadruple-digit runs in any season during that time. And I was able to find two. Two teams have allowed 1,000-plus runs in, I guess you could say, RBA history. Um, one of those teams was the 2018 Fort Duquesne Corsairs. You may recall what a mess that team was. Uh, they allowed 1,009 runs, so significantly fewer than the 1,086 that this season's Clear Blues allowed, but they did reach quadruple digits. 1,009 runs allowed for the 2018 Corsairs. The 2020 Elm Grove Cardinals also allowed four digits uh, worth of runs, uh, they finished with 1,041 allowed. Uh, so that's right. The 2023 Dunedin Clear Blues set a record of 1,086 runs allowed. I didn't look at the first 13 years of the RBA's history to see if there was a team that allowed 543 or more, which would pro pronate to 1086. Uh, pronate, Jesus, would prorate to 1086. Um, but anyway, this is at the very least a modern era record. Uh, for <laughs> defensive ineptitude. Way to go, Dunedin, 2023. The other team I wanted to mention was the Lopatcong Lumberjacks of 2023 because they allowed only 519 runs. Think about that, 519 runs, fewer than half uh, the runs that Dunedin allowed. And that averages out to, I'm trying to do this in my head, about 3.2 runs per game. 3.2, mind you, this is baseball. 3.2 runs allowed. Now, granted, the offensive environment was a bit down, of course, last season, but still, that's awfully impressive. And I found two teams in the modern era that allowed roughly the same number of runs as the 519 that Lopatcong just did. Uh, one of them was the 2019 Las Vegas Effect, a truly great team. They allowed just 511 runs. So eight better 
than Lopatcon. And in 2016, the Atlanta Avalanche, remember that monster of a team? I think they won 114 games or something like that. They won the championship. That team allowed only 507. So that is the record for the modern era, fewest runs allowed. 2016 Atlanta. But, uh, but Lopatcong, not much worse than them. Again, you might uh, want to adjust for the run environment. I didn't bother to do that. I was just looking at raw numbers here. Anyway, some interesting stuff I thought you might enjoy. Okay, now it's time for our, our second segment, RBA Trivia. So, got an RBA Trivia question for you that's fairly simple. I will revisit the question at the end of the podcast today and give you the answer. So you can ponder on it until then. Uh, Here we go. Here's the question. Only once in RBA history has there been a tie for best regular season record. So every other season, every season but one, a single team has had sole possession of best record in the league. But there was one season where there was actually a tie. And interestingly, it was a tie between three teams, not two, but three teams. See if you can come up with the year and the three teams that shared that best record in the league. Okay, so that is your RBA trivia question for November 2023. Okay, well, this will be, uh, this also has to do with the 2023 RBA season. I did this last year, and I may have done it the year before, I don't remember, but I'm going to go ahead and give you two different playoff odds. So, uh, to refresh your memories, uh, because it was a year ago, roughly, that I did this last time, here's what I do. Um, I come up with the playoff odds uh, based upon who's facing who, and the first method that I use to determine the odds of each team winning in the first round, as well as each team winning the whole thing is I use their runs for to runs against Pythagorean record. Okay. So their actual runs for and runs against from the 2023 full RBA season. Um, This method has the advantage of being more empirical, right? We're talking about actual runs scored and runs allowed and the disadvantage, I suppose, of not being entirely up to date, especially if teams beef up, let's say they make some trades at the trading deadline or whatever. Um, those teams are going to be a bit better than their runs, uh, the, than their Pythagorean suggests, probably. Okay. So anyway, but it does use a whole season's worth of numbers. So again, another advantage. Here we go. The first playoff series features number one seed Berea against number four seed Fort Duquesne. And according to runs for, according to the actual Pythagorean uh, winning percentages of, of those two teams, Berea is being given a 54% chance of winning the series. They're the number one seed facing off against the number four seed, only 54-46, basically a coin flip. It may be a slightly weighted coin, but you get the idea. It's not not too far from 50-50. Berea with a slight edge, 54-46. The other first round series pits uh, number two, Atlanta, against number three, Lopatcon. And based on actual Pythagorean uh, winning percentage, uh, number two seed Atlanta is being given only a 46% chance to low Pat Kong's 54. A big reason for that, we've already talked about it, low Pat Kong's stellar runs allowed 
number of 519. That's going to help any Pythagorean winning percentage considerably. Uh, so Lopatkong, 5446, even though they're the three seed. Uh, and Berea, the one seed, also 5446 in their first round series. The odds given by these same Pythagorean winning percentages of winning the entire championship, right? So winning round one and round two and being crowned the, the next champion of the RBA, go as follows. I'll go in order of seeding. Number one, Berea, 28%. Number two, Atlanta, 22%. Number three, Lopatcon, 28%. And number four, Fort Duquesne, 22%. So 28, 22, 28, 22, interesting. Not too far from 25, 25, 25, and 25. I mean, these are four great teams. Uh, there was very little parity in the RBA this year. Those four playoff teams were all not just good, but great, I'd be willing to say. And there was a very good team in Susquehanna that didn't even make the playoffs. Not to mention Elm Grove. I, I Certainly a good team, quite possibly a, a very good team, did not make the playoffs either. Now, I did an alternative. I used an alternative method of generating these odds, and, and, uh, and that was spreadsheet score. So spreadsheet score uh, has the disadvantage of being uh, less empirical, a lot less empirical, right? This is just based on my scores given to the teams. It has the advantage of only factoring in the rosters at the end of the season. Anyway, here goes. The number one seed Berea Bombers are by my spreadsheet being given only a 48% chance of defeating number four, Fort Duquesne. So that really is pretty much a coin flip. 48-52 with, with a very small advantage actually going to the four seed. And it gives number two, Atlanta, a 52% chance of defeating number three, Lopatcong. So interestingly enough, it's uh, both series are 48-52 according to this method, but kind of reversed, a slight advantage to the teams that were, had, were given a slight disadvantage by real-life Pythagorean winning percentage. So again, 52-48 uh, Fort Duquesne over Berea, and 52-48 Atlanta over Lopatcon. Uh, and then the odds of winning the entire thing, 24% for Berea, 26 for Atlanta, 24 for Lopatcon, and 26 for Fort Duquesne. So my spreadsheet's odds were pretty much in line with the Pythagorean, but not entirely. Anyway, 24, 26, 24, and 26 for those four seeds in order. Um, there you go. Okay. So I'm going to talk a little bit about, I don't know if I, well, I guess, I guess technically this is RBA history. What I found is a fun franchise curiosity here. I was looking back through some uh, historical records or whatnot the, the other day. And I found something interesting that I had never noticed before. Uh, you can call this trivial, but again, it's kind of fun, I guess. Just think about this. This is interesting. All six of the franchises that are currently in the Larkin division, all six of them, have been managed by only one person ever. Those six, think about that. Those six franchises are Arizona, Elm Grove, uh, Las Vegas, uh, the, the Tingler brothers, Dunedin and, um, Atlanta, of course. And then you have Ahmedabad, uh, you know, a, a newcomer relatively to the league. Now that contrasts with the Puckett division where only one franchise has had one owner 
And that's low Pat Kong, right? They, this is just, I think, their third season in the league. The other five have all bounced around between owners, right? You've got the Middletown franchise, which has been managed by approximately 47 people. You've got the, I don't even know. Um, I guess I could go through this, but uh, I probably won't. Um, but yeah, Middletown has had five different owners in five different locations. Berea has had four. Uh, Silver City has had two. Now Silver City's, you know, uh, the original owner left after 2001 and John has managed the team ever since. So, And the Fort Duquesne franchise was originally Jared McCormick's Chicago Wave. Susquehanna is on its fourth owner, if you count JR as Chicago managing the team for one season. So there you go. Kind of interesting. Uh, I just never noticed it before and thought it would be fun to pass along to you. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do next. I'm going to talk about upcoming milestones. All of these milestones will almost certainly be reached in RBA 2024. So I've, I've talked about the milestones that were reached in the last month of the regular season. Now let's just look ahead for fun. Let's see who's coming up on some big milestones. All right. Well, um, I'm going to go in order of how close these teams are, or these coaches are, to reaching their milestone. So a multiple of 100, uh, a multiple of 100 uh, uh, career regular season wins. All right, the Atlanta Avalanche and head coach Champ Tingler. Remember, Atlanta's only been coached by Champ, and Champ has only coached Atlanta. Um, they will reach 1,100 career wins. Um, once they get win number 15 next season. So they are at 1085, 15 wins away from 1100. Here's another one. The Silver City franchise is at 1276. So when they get win number 24, they will hit 1300. Here's a big one. The coaches, Bob, uh, I almost said Bob Barker, Bob Parker and Chris Baker, Barker as I sometimes call them for short, but anyway, Bob Parker and Chris Baker are 36 wins away from reaching the big 1,000. They joined the league in, I think, 2008, uh, maybe 2009. Uh, I should look that up, but I won't. Uh, anyway, they're at 964. They will hit 1,000 for sure, uh, unless they have the worst team ever um, in 2024. 39 wins away from just 200 are the Ahmedabad Titans and uh, Ishan Joshapura. They're at 161. 40 wins away, okay, 40 wins away from 1,400. The Las Vegas Effect and Matt Cooper, 40 wins away. Exactly 50 wins away from 1,300 is Coach John Christopher. I mentioned that Silver City has 1,276 career wins. John Christopher has 1,250 of those 1,276 wins. In the first season, the original owner of that franchise, Jesse Kyle, went 26-55 and 55 after missing the first part of the draft. Uh, that was a really bad team. And so anyway, John's at, John's at uh, 1,250 exactly, 50 wins away from 1,300. And finally, 51 wins away. Again, this team will almost certainly get there. Uh, Dunedin. If they're as bad as they were this year, they won't. But uh, I can't imagine that they will be. So Dunedin and uh, Josh Tingler, 51 wins away from 1,200. So those seven, I guess, milestones will be reached almost certainly next season. And there are some others that could be, but those are the those are the 
closest ones to being reached. Okay, so let's, uh, let's go back to our trivia question for November 2023 for this episode of This Week in Fakeball. Uh, just to repeat, the trivia question was this. Uh, which were the, what were the three teams to tie for best record in a season in the RBA's history? It's only been done once. There's only been one tie, and it was actually a tie between three teams for best record in the RBA that season. We essentially had three number one seeds, although you can't technically have that, so we had tiebreakers and everything else that came into play. Uh, but there were, let's just say, three number one seeds that year. Uh, name the year if you can, and see if you can guess what three teams finished tied at the top. Okay, well, uh, I guess I'm ready to give you the answer. Uh, you'd have to have been around for a while to get this one, because the year was 2007. And, the th and uh, this was an interesting time in the RBA's history, because that was the year that we split the RBA into three divisions. We had a Larkin division, a Puckett division, which we have now, of course, both of those, and a Clemente division, three divisions of four. It was a 12-team league at that time. And the three division winners made the playoffs as the one, two, and three seeds, and one wild card uh, also made the playoffs. So we had a four-team playoffs, same as now, but slightly different uh, construction of the league, I guess. Anyway, here were the three teams that tied. Uh, the Arizona Greenbacks won the Larkin division with 50 wins and 31 losses. Remember, we played 81 games back then, half a season by today's standards. Anyway, 50 and 31 for the Arizona Greenbacks, winners of the Larkin. The State College Cows won the, oh boy, I believe it was the Puckett division with a record of 50 and 31 also. And the Las Vegas Effect won the Clemente, I believe, with a record of 50 wins and 31 losses. So all so these three teams got the one, two, and three seeds. I, I honestly don't remember who got the one, who got the two, and who got the three. I guess I could figure it out. Uh, but anyway, the Las Vegas Effect put together what, for, what was, for my money, the best team of all time and for a long time with that 2017. But they did not win the championship. And neither did Arizona, and neither did uh, State College. The team that won the championship was the wild card, Adam Goody Kuntz's Orlando Calrissians, who I believe won 48 games that year. They were also in my division, the Larkin division. Anyway, I thought this would be kind of a fun, slightly different uh, episode for you. Hope you enjoyed it. In December, um, I'll figure out what I'm going to do in December. I don't quite know yet. Uh, but regardless, I will see you in, I don't know, maybe four weeks or so. Have a good one, everybody, and uh, take care until then.